captain's logs. Han Solo. I'm captain of the Millennium Falcon. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. Listening to Captain's Logs and Lightsabers, part of the Geek News Now Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode two of Captain's Logs and Lightsabers presents the Living Page. This is the podcast that discusses the books, animation, video games, and comics of Star Trek and Star Wars. So today we're going to be discussing the first eight episodes of The Bad Batch, which is the new animated series from Lucasfilm Animation. We're going to go episode by episode and give you our thoughts, what we liked, what we didn't like, and where we hope the series goes by the end of its first season. Uh, with me today is Sean, as he always is for this show. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys? We're fantastic. What's new? Ah, same old, same old. Uh, work. <laughs> Desperately in need of a vacation. And that's about it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was there not too long ago. Also joining us, the host of the Chronicles of Geek on Geek News Now YouTube, we've got Damon Roth. How's it going, Damon? Awesome. Thank you for uh, inviting me to be on the show. I'm really looking forward to talk about the uh, the Bad Batch. Excellent, excellent. So let's not waste too much time. Let's get right into discussing season one, episode one, the premiere of the Bad Batch, which is called uh, Aftermath. Sean, you and I had discussed Aftermath in our first episode of this show, so I think everyone probably remembers where we uh, stand. Uh, really enjoyed the the episode and uh, had some really good things to say about it. Had some pretty cool speculation but uh damon since you're joining us uh and and haven't had a chance to let uh, our audience know what you thought why don't you give us your uh your highlights of the the premiere of the bad batch um absolutely yeah uh aftermath for me bad batch uh it entirely has been kind of uh one one of the properties coming from uh, all the new star wars stuff that i've really been looking forward uh, I'm an old school Star Wars fan. I was around for the Legends books when they came out. Uh, so for me, this was, okay, what's going to happen in terms of, of the clones? I've seen the uh, the Clone War episodes. And uh, for me, I was looking, I was really excited to see if there was going to be any tie-ins going back to the Republic Commando series. And so when Omega showed up, for me, that was like the like an awesome Easter egg just to pop up. And if you know the Republic Commando series, you know why Omega is important. <laughs> uh, I'm actually not that familiar with that series. Do you want to give us a little background why that just resonated with you? Sure. Um, well, Republic Commando, for those who don't know, was uh, originally a, a video game from... Oh, early 2000s um it was a first uh, person shooter it was a really great game um but it spanned um uh, a quadrilogy of books uh four books that came four or five books that came uh, out about the the squad um in the game which was called omega squad um so you followed these rogue clones um through their adventures through the galaxy um yeah and for the the first episode to uh, to give the new clone uh, the name Omega, uh, just kind of really tied uh, or not tied it in, but kind of gave a gave a shout out to uh, to those earlier uh, clones that uh, went rogue a long time before the Bad Batch did. Nice, nice, and I do believe they are uh, going to be re releasing Republic Commando at some point in the future. I think that Aspire Games is is working on, uh, or if it hasn't, and maybe it's already hit. Uh, PlayStation Network Store and and such. I, I I do believe I recall that that was going to be coming out or, or out in the near future. So uh, prime time to check that out and and see the uh, the I guess the source of inspiration for Omega in the Bad Batch. So yeah, uh, yeah, excellent, Sean. Uh, do you want to recap what you thought of Episode One? Um, 
I thought there was a lot of promise with it. Um, kind of like what we talked about on our first episode. I mean, it kind of took off from that last season of Clone Wars and, you know, kind of explained who the characters were again, what their situation was. I loved, you know, seeing that side of Order 66. And, you know, we haven't really seen any of that before. We've just seen, you know, the the Jedi part of that and you know obviously what happened to them so i thought that was kind of a neat turn to see you know a more inside look with the the clones on what that looks like from their perspective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i i i thought that episode one was a great kickoff to the series i loved seeing uh, we we kind of we got so much in that episode, you know, because it was so uh, it was a, a seventy minute premiere. We got uh, Tarkin testing the clones uh, and some what looks like some very early prototypes of the dark troopers that we saw in the Mandalorian. Um, we got Saw Gerrera and his partisans. Um, we got uh, some action on Camino. Yeah, it was it was pretty much it was it was a crazy introduction to the show uh and really set the tone for what what we you know end up seeing over the next uh, seven episodes or so uh so without taking too much more time on uh, episode one we're going to get right into uh, season one episode two which is uh which was called cut and run so we finally get to catch up with uh the one of the first clone deserters uh cut from way back in season one or two of the Clone Wars, uh, you know he had he decided to uh, desert the clone army and uh, settled down on Seleucami and got married, had a family. So we get to catch up with Cut after so long. Uh, I, I just really quick what I thought as soon as uh, you know uh, Clone Force ninety nine lands on the planet surface and Omega leaves the ship, having been you know, having known nothing but Camino for all of her life, the the you know the way she reacted to the smell of the air and the way she was playing in the dirt was uh, was one of my favorite moments. It was really uh, cool, you know, to see how she reacted to being outside of her uh, her sterile, I guess, for lack of a better word, sterile environment for the you know for the first time in her life. Damon, what did you think of uh, episode two? What what were the standout moments for you? Um, I, I think, like you're saying, the watching Omega um, become a uh, become a person, not just um, a number, not just a, a tool of uh, the Camonians, the um, but actually watching her um, express a little bit of her childlike wonderment. Um, because let's remember, she is a kid. Um, so it was kind of nice to see that 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 come through there, like you were saying. Um, and for me, it's just, it was kind of the I, episode one. OK, sure. We were all excited. I wanted to see uh, episode two carry over with some of the momentum and having um, cut show up kind of really set the tone. OK, this is the path that the uh, that that the bad batch are going to go down um and i kind of i like that how it kind of set it up it moved to there wasn't a lot of you know back or forth are the bad batch going to be good are they going to you know be with the empire for a, w- a little bit no it really set up okay this is the direction that we're going and i like that mm-hmm. sean what about you well i kind of felt bad for omega you know she the minute she steps off that shuttle she you know, kind of kicks her feet and picks up dirt. It's like, you got to realize like, how old is she supposed to be? Eight, nine, 10. And she's been damp all of her life. So this is the first time that, you know, she's seen dirt and been in open air that is not potentially raining on a water planet. So, you know, (laughs) my heart kind of went out to her for that. Um, I just love to see her interactions because, you know, like you said, she's been in a sterile environment and she hasn't left that planet her entire life so just seeing her in a a new world with new people and she didn't even know how to play with kids so just seeing that character development with her right right was always really good yeah the way that uh whenever the you know she was throwing the ball and she sidestepped it rather than caught it that was uh you know, exactly what happens to me when somebody throws a ball to me. <laughs> well, I mean, I think she's been around combat training her entire life. You see a round object coming towards you. You think it's a grenade or something. 
Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, she dodged it rather than cat caught it. That yeah. was yeah. It was, yeah, yeah uh, Damon, you bring up a very good point that yeah, that she might have thought it was you know, uh, you know, an attack rather than uh, you know, a, a chance to play. Exactly. Because she doesn't know what play actually is. Right, right. No, I didn't even think about the combat training. That's all I was going to say. It's like, he's absolutely right. I mean, she's been with all those testing, so something rolls to her. She's not sure if it's going to explode or what it's supposed to do. Right, exactly. And I'm I'm sure she's seen it gone wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's seen quite a bit. You know, again, we kind of, you know, so we get that, uh, that mention of the inhibitor chip. Uh, cut explains to the uh, the Bad Batch uh, Clone Force ninety nine that they have the inhibitor chips, uh, and it's what. And then Omega kind of comes in and and kind of elaborates that that's you know uh, that the Kaminoans implanted these inhibitor chips so that the, it was easier for them the the clones to follow orders. Um, kind of the first mention of that we kind of we you know of course as the audience we know about the inhibitor chips and it's what led to uh order 66 and the clones turning on the jedi uh we see that uh in in episode one that crosshair uh his inhibitor chip was not it was functioning properly and even uh once they were captured after they returned Back to Camino, uh, we we see Tarkin and the Empire kind of turn up the dial on on how strong that inhibitor chip is in in uh, Crosshair's brain. Um, but we, you know, of course, we kind of get some foreshadowing as well about the uh, where the season's going to be going as far as uh, those inhibitor chips making a comeback. So what uh, did? Did either of you, uh, I'll start with you, Damon, did either of you kind of pick up on the foreshadowing there? Oh, absolutely. Um, like, the the fact that there is, when you, when you take in the fact that we already know that the the, the variant cones exist, the, the Bad Batch exists, um, it's, it's odd that when you're looking at the entire scope of the clone army, that they're the only ones that, that, that deserters, that those who go against the grain are so and far, far and few between that it goes against everything we know about Django Fett. So the, really the only thing that makes sense is an inhibitor chip, something that would keep them all in line. So they would all do the exact same thing all at once without questioning. Um, so having it, having it set up that, that stage, we know that it's going to come, uh, it it does foreshadow that, okay, these are going to play a major part coming up, um, in terms of what's going to happen to, to the clones, what's going to happen to Omega. Um, like it's obvious that this is going to become a a central part of the story, at least for a little bit. Mm -hmm. What about you, Sean? Yeah. I mean, I think there was definitely some foreshadowing there. You know, the fact that these, inhibitor chips are still in the bad batch you know and they're just not active or you know didn't activate correctly you know that at some point that's going to have to be addressed because at any given time you know one of those could flip on and cause a reaction in any one of them uh and then kind of the, the the last major bit of content that we got is kind of you know kind of the a plot of the episode was the attempt to get uh chain codes for cut sue the kids and uh and then we find out that hunter wants omega to go with cut and sue uh so they you know they kind of break into the impound yard and access the imperial mainframe computers there to assign uh cut chain codes which is you know that the reference to the chain codes is something that we first got in the Mandalorian way back in the, the, uh, the series premiere of the Mandalorian, the chain code, uh, you know, is tell basically is a, an identifying mar- uh, number, uh, for every citizen or every, everybody who lives under the, the rule of the empire. And we kind of get the, the, the start of that process, um, since we're kind of right after the the uh, the start of the Galactic Empire, um, uh, Sean, I'll start with you. What did you feel, or what did you think of that uh, the overall plot of the episode? I thought it was pretty good. Um, it was a solid second episode. You know, it kind of delves a little bit into 
the themes that we had in the first one, you know, where do they go from here now that the empire is, you know, kind of started up and they don't really have a place with that anymore. So, you know, now they have to learn and operate and, you know, each one has a separate skill that is going to help them in that process. So, you know, I think it was a good continuation of where the season is going to go and, you know, what they have to do to separate outside of the empire. Yeah. Good points. Uh, Damon, what did you think of the overall plot of this episode and the, uh, the uh, attempt to get the chain coats? Um, I, I thought it was pretty good. I think I thought it was a nice uh, flow from the first episode, which kind of uh, started everything up. Um, this episode, it didn't try to really set a lot more of the, you know, the Star Wars universe other than the chain coat, um, which was nice because it's something that's uh, it's. Well, we're going to get to it. I mean, it makes an appearance that chain codes become more and more important as the Star Wars universe uh, evolves from this point with the Empire. Um so I, I liked having that 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 little bit of history stuck in there, so you know other things make sense, um, and it was kind of a nice, you know, uh, a plot element that made sense as to why they would be so interested in getting these chain codes. Because if you get a clean chain code, basically you can be anybody in the Empire. Uh, mm-hmm. You get a fresh start, which is what those codes were basically implying. Omega choosing to not take her fresh start. Uh, take her fresh start but stay with the bad batch um kind of shows to them just how loyal she can be right right and yeah the way that she kind of takes things into her own hands and and helps uh, carry out the mission even though she was told specifically you know to stay behind uh and not get involved she she took the initiative and, and went herself yeah absolutely all right so uh i think that's uh a we kind of covered most of the major points of cut and run. So we'll move on to episode three, which was called replacements. So the basic idea of this is, uh, you know, clone force 99, the, uh, their ship was damaged while they were escaping Seleucami. Uh, so they had to land on a remote moon in a, in an attempt to make repairs. So that kind of sets off the plot of the episode, uh, where, um, this dragon creature steals one of the parts they need to make their repairs. So Hunter and Omega uh, go off to try and retrieve it. Um, overall thoughts, Damon. Um, again, I like it. I mean, there's really not an episode so far that I haven't liked. Um, but, but again, I like how um, it shows the, uh, the, the bond between Hunter and Omega uh, growing. It shows her, learning things a little bit the hard way and it shows her actually having a true value um to the to the team um that she's not just some kid that's along for the ride that she's actually going to be something um that's going to become important to the the, the series um later on and of course the whole fact that Jarera is there um and this is of course where we now see crosshair completely go um, uh, falling under the influence of the inhibitor chip. Um, so again, it really was carrying on the story. Um, I like that. Yeah. Sean, what do you think of replacements overall thoughts? Um, I had a lot of questions with crosshair. I mean, is this the inhibitor chip that's kind of making him go the separate route? Did he not get activated? You know, and this is just kind of like, his response to all the recent events and not agreeing with everything. Like I had a lot of those questions cause I like to see where he's going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they talk about, you know, back on Camino, you know, are the communal communions? Is that accurate? You know, are they out of a job now? Because, you know, they're not going to be, you know, cloning the grand army anymore. So, you know, what does that mean for them? Are they obsolete at this point? Because as far as we know, that's kind of all they're known for and that's all they do. So right. without that, you know, where are we going to head? Is that a kind of starting off point for, you know, what we see in the later movies with, you know, Palpatine? You know, so I had a lot of those questions that I'd like to see more info and development on. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, we, you know, kind of, does make you wonder where Palpatine got the um, idea or the, the 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 inspiration to clone himself? Was it from the Kaminoans? I, I wonder if we'll even get there in this series. Um, 
I mean, I, I don't see Palpatine as the kind of uh, person to reveal that type of plan to the Kaminoans, but I do see him as someone who, because, you know, maybe because of the tensions and because of the conflict between uh, the Kaminoans and the new empire, I, I see him, you know, uh, basically committing genocide against the Kaminoans and stealing their technology for himself. Um, yeah, that, that you bring up some interesting uh, theories there, Sean. Did you want to weigh in on that at all, Damon? Um, yeah, because I think it's going to, I actually definitely agree. Um, and think it's going to become one of the, the central points of the, the, the series. I mean, everybody, when, uh, you know, the, the sequels came out, where did cloning come from? How did Palpatine clone himself? That it's like, what, did you not watch the entire, you know, uh, first prequel? Like it's all the belt of clones. Um, Cloning technology, of course, and uh, whether we're, we're talking legends or, or current canon, um, cloning has been around in the Star Wars universe forever. Um, so the technology has existed for a long time. The Kamonians right now are the only ones who really know and understand it. It, it doesn't take much of a leap for um, for us to know that Palpatine obviously knew who the Kamonians were, um, had you know, set the whole course of motion in for the attack of the clones to have a contingency plan based on, okay, I'm going to make clones of myself and I'm going to get these, this, this society to do it for me without them even knowing it makes perfect sense. And I'm going to throw it out there right here. We don't know who Omega is a clone of. This is true. This is true. Uh, we, we got a brief mention in episode one, uh, in, in aftermath that the, um, they were no longer with with what they had left of Django's DNA. They were no able no longer able to make a one to one clone uh, of uh, of uh, Django. We kind of get the, the 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 hint that potentially Omega is a distant genetic clone of Django, or he, she could be a clone of uh, you know of you know, using Palpatine's DNA or someone else's DNA. It, it's it's up in the air at this point. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so we kind of, you know, you kind of touched a little bit, Damon, on and Sean about the, I guess the the B plot of the episode where Crosshair is tasked with leading a new group of conscripted soldiers to take out Saw Gerrera, uh, but they find that uh, Saw's already left with his most trusted uh, generals, and uh, Crosshair orders the the uh, the soldiers to kill the remaining people left behind uh but you know of course the uh the one soldier refuses to follow orders and that's where we get uh crosshairs you know uh good soldiers follow orders line and right before he shoots the uh the the conscripted soldier so yeah is it is it the inhibitor chip is he uh is he loyal to the empire because he believes in what they are doing or is it is it the inhibitor chip that's causing him to act like that i i mean i i think it is the inhibitor chip i think what we're leading up to is, is uh eventually the um a mission to uh subdue and capture uh crosshair and try to remove his inhibitor inhibitor chip i don't know what you guys think if if that's where we're heading or uh it is there some other destiny in line for crosshair what do you think, Sean? See, I'm kind of up in the air because, you know, when we saw him, you know, before all of this, like in the early episodes of the Clone Wars, I mean, he kind of had that personality where he was kind of, you know, that odd man out of the group that was a little bit darker and you could kind of get the sense that he was okay with walking on either side. So, you know, that's why I have that question in the back of my head. You know, is this the inhibitor chip or is this just him kind of wanting to go a different direction because there's been enough of his personality shown that kind of makes you wonder which way he's going with it. So, you know, I just hope that's something that's going to be answered, you know, maybe this season, next season. Hopefully there's multi seasons because it's really great so far. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get another season. I kind of hope so, but I mean, we still have eight, ep eight episodes left, so a lot could happen, um, in those eight episodes. So 
yeah. Uh, Damon, any any final thoughts on uh, Crosshair uh, or or anything else that we've seen so far in replacements? Um, yeah, I, I think you know. Obviously, I want Crosshair to come back to to the Bad Batch. I don't think we're going to see it this season. I think this is probably going to be what carries it over to season two. I think you know the 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 final episode will have some you know some defining moment. And, um, you know, that'll be kind of hopefully what they use to set up a second season. It's kind of where I think it's going. Um, and eight more episodes, we'll know. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's kind of, uh, we'll kind of wrap up our discussion on replacements and go right on into episode four, which is called Cornered. Uh, this is where, uh, you know, the, the Bad Batch is attempting, you know, to get away from the empire and find a hiding place, but they have to make a, a stop off on the planet of Pantora. Um, of course the, the, uh, as soon as they land and, and leave their ship, you know, of course, uh, the dock attendant recognizes Omega and the bad batch and notifies Fennec Shand. And of course that kind of leads to the overall plot of the episode and the chase scene that takes up the vast majority of the, of the episode. Uh, Overall thoughts, uh, any on uh, on cornered here, uh, Sean? We'll go to you. Um, I love seeing Ming Na in anything that she does, whether it's you know Agents of Shield or Star Wars. So, I love the fact that they brought her in with this. So that kind of connects it to, you know, the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett that's coming out. So I think that's where, you know, Disney and Star Wars are winning with connecting through you know, they're different shows, whether it's animation to live action. So I was all for seeing her. Um, the other part I really liked was it was kind of subtle, but you know, when they get to the planet and the stormtroopers are, you know, walking down the street and like, everybody's just cheering, you know, and Omega's wondering, you know, why? And they're explaining, well, the war's over, but yeah, but at what cost? And do they really realize what that cost is? Cause you know, everything else we've seen has been, you know, putting stormtroopers and the empire and a dark light. And, you know, here all these people are just, you know, so excited to see them just walk down and just be on a basic patrol. So I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective to throw out there. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you that, um, you know, I think everybody was excited that the war is over uh, and, you know, you figure that the the, um, the Clone Wars did take a whole lot out of uh, a lot of the planets um, that we see throughout the the, the series. The uh, and just to, just the fact that the war is over and that there's a new um, regime kind of in control, I could see how you know that's that would get some you know positive reactions. Of course, you know we you know, eventually 19 years later. You know, we find out that the empire. Well, through you know, through the next nineteen years or so, we find out that the empire isn't all that they initially, pre- you know, preached themselves to be. You know, it, it eventually they became oppressive. What do you? Th- what? Uh, what are your general thoughts there, Damon? Um, yeah. Well, I, again, I kind of agree with the what uh, what Sean was saying there. Um, the when we're thinking about the, the the transformation from the Republic to the Empire, um, we as viewers of all of this stuff get to get to see the entire show. We get to see all the information. We get to see both sides of the war, all of that. On a lot of these planets, especially the small isolated planets, the information that they were getting was completely filtered and everything. So, I mean, the the we're seeing the the Empire propaganda machine in full force. Um, where the, the local populace obviously thinks that they were on the right side, obviously thinks that the victor won and that the empire is going to bring as the emperor has um, promised order to the galaxy. And after a period of war, a lot of people just want order. They just want things to be in control. They don't even care, you know, who's in control as long as, you know, ships aren't falling out of the skies and droids aren't coming and blowing things up. People can be uh, very happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh and you know, of course, the empire pretty much has complete control over everything, you know, the 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 backwater planets, the you know, the the way that int- information is filtered down to them uh through the the empire's control of the holonet. Um yeah, of course they were, you know, they were made out to be 
uh, you know, the uh, the heroes rather than you know the Republic and, and the Jedi being traitors. So, yeah, it it just the um, the way that we see the the uh, the filtering down of information and and the positive spin put on everything. Uh, you know, it, it like you said, Damon. You know, we as the viewer know the big picture, but. Uh, the you know the smaller planets that are under the control of the empire don't have the uh, the benefit of um, omnipotence like we yeah, do as well, the audience. I mean, exactly. I mean, the, the, you're you're just the local nerf herd steak vendor on the corner. I mean, all the news you're getting is what you hear in snippets between the customers that show up every day. Mm-hmm. So it can be a very small galaxy if you don't got a spaceship to be in. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, so you know we have the uh, the chase scene through, um, you know through uh, you know the 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 planet surface. Uh, eventually, you know Hunter and Omega are, you know they 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 attempt to capture or, or track down Fennec Shan, but she escapes. Um, obviously, you know we know that <laughs> they don't catch her since we see her years later in the Mandalorian. Um, you know, basically, you know, the uh, the rest of Clone Force 99 is kind of, uh, you know, finishing repairs on the ship, uh, since now that they're no longer on an isolated moon, they're at least in uh, on a planet that has repair shops and such, they're able to get the parts they need. Um, and they kind of take off and, uh, you know, they eventually get, um, they eventually get off the planet and take off and we find uh them you know in, on to the next mission so we'll kind of go into episode five rampage so yeah echo knows that uh that they ha- there was a jedi informant sid you know we uh so they they eventually you know they make their way to where they believe sid is stationed and we kind of get a little bit of i guess it was kind of uh you know a joke of the internet for a while that uh the bad batch was basically star wars version of the a team um led by ramble right right <laughs> exactly yeah uh so i guess um sid is kind of their i don't know for lack of a better word their charlie yeah we're just throwing I, I out all so, the yeah. 70s and 80s references here <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, she's the one that sends them on uh, missions, um, you know, kind of, yeah, they are mercenaries for hire, essentially. So we kind of, we finally meet Sid for the first time. Uh, and her first mission is to send Clone Force 99 to take out a group of slavers that have uh, captured a, a Rancor um, yeah, that, uh, I guess, does the Rancor belongs to Jabba the Hutt or Jabba... Uh, it's going to Jabba. For it's sure. going to Jabba for sure, right? So, uh, Sean, what what were your thoughts once we saw uh, the Rancor for the first time? Um, I kind of wondered if that was the plot. So, I like that you guys kind of nailed that one because that was something that I had a question. You know, is that going to be a a future pet for Mister Hut? Um, this one, like this was, I'm not going to lie. This was not my favorite episode. I just thought it kind of dragged on. Um, and I like that you compare the group to the A team. Cause in the back of my mind, I compared them to the ghostbusters. <laughs> so, because tech just gives me Egon vibes. I mean, Sid is basically Janine answering the phone call and sending him out to missions. So <laughs> that's how I look at it. Who are you, you going to call? Yeah, exactly. Clone Force. You know, and even Omega is like Rick Moranis' character. She's just in there for like laugh and just put a proton on her back and she's a member of the team. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't made those connections, but yeah, why not? I mean, grade, you're going to notice that. So you're welcome <laughs> in advance. Uh, uh, Okay, Damon, what do you what did uh, what did you think of the episode? Was it kind of was it uh, one of your favorites? Did you think it was weaker than the rest that we've seen so far? Um, I'm not sure if it's the if it's the weakest episode. It definitely wasn't the strongest episode. Um, I'll, 
I, and I know that the 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 trend in um uh, in Lucas Arts right now or, or Lucas Film is to you know try to put in little Easter eggs and and stuff. I thought the Rancor one was a bit much. Um, that they okay, that's the Easter egg we're gonna throw. Jab is like uh pet Rancor. Okay, fine. What I did like though is the fact that they actually made the Rancor um, lovable and actual character. So if you go back and you make that connection, and now you're going to go watch, you know, Luke, you know, dispose of the Rancor, it's going to look a little bit different that you actually see some personality to it. So I kind of like that little tie-in from that side. Um, however, overall, you know, the episode it was there definitely gave you know information, but it was it was slow. It wasn't definitely the fastest paced episode that we we get. Yeah, and I think that was mine too. It's just I felt like the episode just kind of drug. I'm like, is this the same episode? Is this a new episode? I think that was my my big thing with it too. Yeah, it, it agreed. It was it just it took a little bit to to get there. It was one of the few episodes that I actually started looking at the clock. Yeah. Like, is this episode almost over? Oh, crap. It's only been five minutes. Nope. Still <laughs> up yeah, it was it was a little more slow paced. And we kind of get that. We really don't get an action set piece until the fight, the uh, firefight against the slavers. Um, yeah, it was very, very slow paced up to that, you know, up until probably the last seven minutes of the episode. Um so yeah, I I think I agree with you guys that this really wasn't the strongest episode uh, of of the show so far. Kind of, it was kind of a necessary means to an end. You know, we they introduce Sid and we kind of get uh, a little bit about you know her uh, her role with the Bad Batch. You know, she is the one to assign. Uh, work to the Bad Batch, and I think eventually that's going to uh, come back around, and we are going to see a falling out between the Bad Batch and Sid. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think we're? Do you think she's going to turn on them? Do you think they're just going to mutually go their separate ways? Uh, what do you think, Sean? I think we go either way. I mean, part of expanding this series is, you know, bringing in all those like little sub characters. So, you know, she kind of seems like a strong minded businesswoman. So, you know, if at any time, you know, clone force doesn't agree with what she wants done, I think that she could probably cut ties and she has enough, you know, friends out there in the, the galaxy that she could change that really easily and try to put a hit on them. So yeah, it's just one of those that, I like her for now, but I guess that could easily change. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think, Damon? Do you think there's going to be a falling out? Do you think she's going to turn uh, against the Bad Batch? Or do you think it's just going to be a, a mutually let's go our separate ways and um, we'll do our own thing now? Yes to all of the above. Okay. Um, let, let me ex- explain. Um, uh, do I think there's going to be a falling out? Absolutely. It's inevitable in these kind of relationships. Um, it's it's going to happen. A mission's going to go bad. Somebody's going to double cross somebody, blah, 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 blah. It's going to cause the inevitable falling out. But that being said, it's going to be because of business, not because of her personal feelings towards the bad batcher or you know, Clone Force 99, um, something's going to go wrong on a mission. It's going to cause the falling out. And then, you know, a few episodes or a season later, in comes charging Sid to save the day. That's my long-term prediction. Mm, okay. I like where you're going with that. Uh, As well. Yeah, because I, I don't think at the core of her, uh, her core, I mean, she, she gave information to the Jedi. Um, you don't give information to the Jedi unless somewhere in there you either are getting paid an awfully lot and the Jedi don't like the pay um, or um, you kind of agree with what they're doing at some sort of core principle level. Mm-hmm. Probably should wind up saving Omega. Hmm. I, okay. Um, that's a that's a pretty cool prediction. I, I like where you're going with that. Uh, yeah, let's... Um, I, I, now that you've kind of brought that to my attention as a possibility, I'm I'm really excited to see if that that plays out that way. Um, of course, you know the whole reason why the Bad Batch kind of takes on this mission uh, they they kind of agree to, to 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 carry out the mission for Sid is because she 
you know, she says she's going to try to find out some information about uh, Fennec Shand for them and find out her location, kind of as a, uh, a you know a follow up from the fallout of the previous episode. So, uh, yeah. unfortunately, you know, we find out at the end of the episode that um, Fennec Shand is kind of gone. She's kind of gone dark. You know, uh, no information could be found about her. So. Yeah, I think uh, obviously she's you know she's going to make a comeback at some point in this in this season, but it's going to be when they least expect it. Yeah, uh, the next episode of the season, episode six, uh, decommission. This is another mission for Sid, uh, and the, you know that that Sid sends the Bad Batch on, and the uh, the whole setup is that they are sent to Corellia uh, to retrieve the droid brain of a separatist tactical droid uh, before it's destroyed. Um, And we kind of, you know, through the run of this episode, we get a, I guess what I, what I consider to be an unexpected reappearance uh, from some characters from the Clone Wars, uh, the Martez sisters, Trace and Rafa. Uh, Damon, did, were you expecting that cameo or uh how how did that how did that cameo find you um yeah no was i expecting that cameo no absolutely um not i was you know by this point in time i'm expecting something to happen um but i wasn't expecting uh those two to show up uh in in particular so it it was nice um yeah it kind of it surprised me and uh it was it was a nice little surprise to have them you know put that in there and then you know use the story to kind of set up, you know, you know, future plots and future stories, um, both in this series and other, other series to come. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sean, were you expecting the Martez sisters to make an appearance or, uh, like, like Damon and I, was that completely a catch you off guard? No, not at all. Like they popped on and I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know, that's a good, I love when they do callbacks, you know, and they, introduced them in that last season of the clone wars and you know it's just one of those they they weren't major characters but just seeing how they are now and getting that other appearance for them i thought that was a really cool thing for them to throw out there and i feel if they're willing to bring them back this time it's not going to be the last time that we're going to see them yeah yeah absolutely uh you know i was not a huge fan of that that middle arc of clone wars season seven but you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it just, it didn't hit with me. Like, um, you know, like the, the final arc did, which I think, I don't know. Um, I kind of had started to lose interest in season seven of the seven of the clone wars by the, the, you know, the, the third episode of that, of the uh, Martez sisters arc. But I mean, knowing that the, uh, siege of Mandalore was coming, um, is what kind of kept me going. But yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan. Um, I wasn't a, a huge fan of this episode. I, I, I know why it was important. I mean, obviously the droid head got destroyed kind of leads us to the plot of the next episode. Um, it costs, obviously it costs it a lot of money, them not being successful in this mission. And then uh, of course we get the, the uh, as Wrecker is attempting to, uh, chase down the the droid head. You know he hits his own head on uh, an overhead object as, um, and it it kind of starts to activate the inhibitor chip, uh, which you know we we see him really fighting hard against it. Um, you know we we almost you know we hear him a couple times saying uh, starting the the good soldiers follow orders line. Uh, which he never fully gets through, um, but again, foreshadowing for for future episodes. So, any any thoughts on, I guess the the B plot of the episode with uh, Wrecker's inhibitor chip getting uh, being activated by the the bonk on the noggin there, Damon? Um, well, the one thing that I'm appreciative of is that they didn't run with the inhibitor chips being that overriding. Ooh, when are they going to turn on for too long? Um, that could having them there makes sense, but eventually you got to deal with them. Otherwise, you never know what's going to happen, and you can never really build the attachment you need to the characters for the fans, um, because you never know who's going to turn. So it was a, it was a nice. I I think it was a nice way of doing it, um, and having him, you know, obviously fight it. His his loyalty to to uh, 
Clone Force ninety nine, his his bond with Omega and his his bond with himself and who he believes he is, um, definitely go through the ringer, um, because of the inhibitor the inhibitor chip. So I I thought it was done good. I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sean? Um, I agree. It's sometimes with subplots. You know, there's been shows where, you know, something gets dangled forever. And I like that, you know, we all knew that something was going to happen with the inhibitor chips at some point. Like, it was going to have to be addressed. But, you know, they didn't wait too long and didn't do a ton of dangles, you know, to kind of make it annoying. They went ahead and put this one in and we knew it was coming and it gets addressed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I also want to give a shout out, you know... uh in the beginning, they're training Omega with a, a new weapon, and all it gave me was like Pink Ranger vibes. <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping that she gets like a Stormtrooper helmet that might be a little bit of pink and maybe some pterodactyl, you know, effects on it. I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> there's never been a Star Wars Power Ranger crossover, but I'm ready for it if there's going to be. Hey, I mean, if we got. If we got Power Rangers and TMNT, anything can happen, right? True that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, we don't really have to wait too long for a payoff on uh, Wrecker hitting his head because in the very next episode, Battle Scars, um, we're finally we finally see the reunion between uh, the Bad Batch and Captain Rex. Um, you know. Right, right. So you know, of course, they um, Clone Force ninety nine heads back to meet with Sid uh, and deal with the fallout of them being uh, unsuccessful in their their mission to retrieve the the droid brain. So Sid is about to give them a new job, uh, and, and it's a big job to help her recover her losses. But you know, we're, they're interrupted by Captain Rex. Um, yeah, basically, Captain Rex realizes that they have not been able to deactivate their inhibitor chips, so uh, he, um, you know, goes with them to the planet of Braca, uh, where which is basically a starship graveyard, a starship, um, not a graveyard, uh, I guess a starship uh, a graveyard. Yeah, graveyard <laughs> or, or graveyard boneyard. Boneyard, yeah, and you know they they try to find uh, they try to locate a Jedi cruiser and use its medical bay uh, to deactivate the inhibitor chips, and of course uh, they don't figure they don't get to the medical bay in time before Rector's ship fully activates, and um, you know he uh, turns against his uh, his Bad Batch brothers and uh, and Omega and Rex. Um, course you know the they're eventually able to put him down by stunning him and and remove and deactivate his chip but uh that was kind of our uh our plot of the episode was you know the activation of the chip and and uh of course the most powerful or the strongest the 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 tank of the bad batch of course is the one that uh that uh, has the chip activated first which seems very much like a video game <laughs> but Wait, this isn't a video game uh well <laughs> we are on Braca, which is where jedi fallen order begins so you know i mean the video game connections are certainly there um absolutely <laughs> I, I mean i kind of also got some jurassic park vibes you know from that episode record kind of being a stand-in for the uh the velociraptors in the kitchen um that scene did anyone else kind of pick up on that as well uh not till you mention it but yes i can definitely see that what about you you? yeah yeah it it just just the the fact that um you know omega was trying to hide from him um trying to make as little noise as possible yeah that that definitely got some jurassic park uh connections there for me damon any any other thoughts that we haven't mentioned so far um, well, I, I like this episode because it's kind of one, in my opinion, that that's bringing a lot of uh, loose ends together to really set up where the series is going to go. Um, having Rex show up, 
um, and talk about the inhibitor chips, kind of one of the underlying things actually shows is how strong Clone Force 99 actually is in just being their, their own individual variant clones. The fact that they were able to survive the order and go so long with the chips not activating and that it actually takes a, a, a bonk on the head uh, to activate one shows, you know, just, just how strong um, the, the Bad Batch is. And I, I think that's a uh, an important fact that we need to, to not, you know, miss because it's going to come back into play um, further on because these aren't normal clones and we, we tend to forget that. Yeah, uh, very true. Um, I, I I'm guessing that it, it really isn't expressly stated, but I'm assuming that the rest of ba- of Clone Force ninety nine had their chips uh, removed as well, right? Yeah, the the beginning of reunion, you kind of oh, which um, it's um, Echo is scratching his head, kind of like you know, hey, my head still hurts from getting this thing taken out. Okay. Okay. I think I missed that detail, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for confirming that. Okay. Lincoln, you miss it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, so many, so many things you're trying to pay attention to and you miss out on little details like that. Uh, Sean, what, what were your thoughts on battle scars? Well, I kind of had the same thought. It's like, okay, there's so much emphasis on, you know, record getting his chip out, but did anybody else? And I missed that nod too. In the next episode, I just thought, okay, so you know, this was so much work that they're going to figure out something else. Cause I mean, did anybody else question, you know, okay, we want to get our inhibitor chips out, you know, so we have to go to a medical bay on a dismantled ship on a shipyard to get this done. It's like, are there not other places that are a little bit more sterile and up to date and not falling apart in rust buckets to get this done in? Or was this literally the only option? that's a that's a very good point and i think that that whole thing was led by you know the whole idea of getting to the jedi cruiser was led by rex because uh you know of course you know that's where he had his chip removed uh by ahsoka in mm-hmm. um in that i believe that was was that the third that was either, that was the third episode of that final arc of the clone wars um they were heading back from mandalore with maul uh, after capturing maul um, and that's when order 66, you know, kicked off, right. Was, yeah. was on that ship. Um, when I love a good callback, it just makes you wonder. And then, you know, I'm also going to throw out there like what kind of shoddy craftsmanship here are the Caminos doing with these chips that, you know, a bunk on the head triggers something to work. I mean, this is a, a chip that controls your personality, not an old toaster. <laughs> So, you know, just kind of like, was there recalls on some of these, you know, questions for another day, of course. But, you know, like I said, I I love a good callback. That was just the one thing, you know, because I like to think outside of the box, of course. I'm just watching this. I'm like, so you're walking down these shoddy hallways to go to a med bay that hasn't been used in, you know, years and it's falling apart. And you're hoping that this is going to work. That was the only thing I had in the back of my head the entire time. I was also hoping for like maybe a small appearance by Cal from Fallen Order because I think that would be an amazing tie-in since they were right there and so close. Yeah, I, I thought that as well, and I wonder. I mean, because this is just the very, you know, f- I don't know. I mean, week, you know, weeks, months after uh, the start of the Empire. Cal is still very young. Do you think he made his way to Bracca yet? Do you, or do you think he's still trying to um, find a, a you know a series of safe places to hide out? I don't I don't know if he's you know been able to make it to Bracca yet. I I, I wonder. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I was it just been like, hey, we just hired this kid and he's out here scrapping. You know, it's just a missed opportunity. Well, well, you know. Child labor laws, uh, I'm sure, don't exist in <laughs> the do in exist. the empire. But <laughs> depends on the planet. Depends on the planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I I think we're. I don't think we were there yet. I I was kind of like you, Sean. I think I was secretly hoping to see some nod to Cal, but I wasn't expecting to actually see him. Um, but we didn't even get a subtle nod. 
So, any final thoughts on Battle Scars, Damon? Yes. While we may think that the Kimonials have no idea how to um, uh, use technology, whoever built these these uh, Jedi cruisers, kudos to them because even after being in um, uh, a junkyard forever, everything seems to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very true. Uh, and they never really explain how long that cruiser's been there. Um, we, we assume yeah. it's been there a while, maybe from the beginning of the Clone War that it was decommissioned. I don't know. Sean, you were Hard about to, to say something. No, I I love this episode. It's probably one of my favorites just, you know, because of the callbacks. And, you know, there was also the tentacle monster that tried to grab them when they went into the water. I mean, I think that's a awesome callback. I think that was the same tentacle monster from, what, A New Hope that was in the trash dumpster? Yeah, I, I, I think same, so. Very similar. So, I, um, you know, I love anything where they do a callback and just kind of like, you know, prop up that expanded universe. You know, we have Bracca from um, Fallen Order. We have, you know, that monster from A New Hope. You know, you brought in Rex from Clone Wars, which I was always a huge fan of. And I was kind of hoping he might have Ahsoka with him. But, you know, maybe she went on to hide and do things. So, yeah, I'd I still want to see her somewhere in the future. Yeah, I think they've, by this point, I think they've went their separate ways. Um, I don't believe we see Ahsoka reunite with Rex until Rebels. That we know of. Yeah. It had to have been pin pals or something <laughs> at this point. You know, something's going to come up. Right. Uh, Damon, and uh, you were about to say something. At- no, not for not for Battle Scars. Um, I, again, I think it was it was a great episode. Um it was tying up a lot of the the early um, uh, sub sub storylines of the season, which is nice that they're not just having them all carry over. Um, no, I, I liked it. Okay, all right. So we have one more episode to talk about. Uh, we have season one, episode eight, reunion. Uh, so we kind of kick off this episode. Uh, the um, they kind of teased at the end of Battle Scars that uh, someone from the Scrapper Guild notified uh, had seen the Bad Batch and recognized them. So, uh, you know, they they informed the Empire where the Bad Batch is, uh, and Crosshair, of course, is sent to dispatch the, them as well. But then we also uh, find out that. Um, the uh, the Kaminoans are still looking for Omega, and they really want to get her back. So uh, Lama Sue hires another bounty hunter to retrieve her, um, which, of course, we find out towards the end of the episode who that is. Uh, so, you know, Crosshair kind of is able to prevent the Bad Batch from... Uh, getting back to their ship to escape, you know, so they, they attempt to take an alternate path through the ion engine of the Jedi cruiser. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that that <laughs> probably not the, the best idea, but, you know, for the sake of having some exciting plot, you know, uh, drama, um, you know, they send them through the engine before it activates. Uh, Damon, what um, what did you think of this episode um okay i'm gonna be honest here the the engine part for me was a little bit um yeah uh, other than that though i liked the episode i i liked the 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 back and forth you know cat and mouse chase on the on the on the jedi cruiser trying to that crosshair is trying to find them I loved how Crosshair knew exactly what they were going to do because, of course, he used to be part of them. So mm-hmm. all of their tactics mean nothing because Crosshair knows what's going to happen. Turning on the 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 engine again. Kudos to um, uh, what was it, R- Rothana uh, heavy equipment people who actually made all this stuff, at least according to legends. Um, because man, after all that time sitting there, that thing fires up on first shot. I mean. Anybody who's ever turned on an engine after it's been sitting for, oh, I don't know, eight minutes doesn't get that kind of response. <laughs> Clearly not built by a Kaminoan. Yeah. Uh, or or General Motors, for that matter. Um, <laughs> or, yeah, well, I guess pick 
pick uh, any card manufacturer that you've had trouble with in your past yeah. and and yeah. substitute them. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Find anybody <laughs> who's been in any branch of any military on this planet and ask them if this thing is at all realistic, and they're going to look at you and go, "Yeah, no." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very true. Uh, but yeah, again, artificial drama, you know, of course, you know, going through the ion engine, we knew that it was going to be turned on at some point and, and create a, um, a manufactured countdown, uh, yeah. you know, to, to heighten the drama. Um, I mean, yeah, again, overall, a very good video game sequence. Right, right, right. Very much. Uh, I've played through quite a few, uh, <laughs> games where you're trying to escape something before it blows up. Um, uh any you know i guess the end of just about every metroid game right has has (laughs) leads you to escape the facility before you before it self-destructs or or catches fire or whatever um yeah very video gamey but still i the the overall you know the plot points are there um you know we we have we finally get the reunion uh and kind of pay off for the first three episodes with uh with crosshair finally uh reuniting and and chasing down uh his former clone force brethren um and you know at the very very end of the episode we get the return of a probably one of my favorite clone wars characters uh and uh, that's um uh, cad bane the bounty hunter from the clone wars i can't believe they went there i'm really kind of surprised that we got him uh damon what did you think about that uh that reappearance after so many uh seasons of the clone wars um believable if you're gonna have a a bounty hunter come after them you're gonna have and and succeed you're going to have to have a bounty hunter that can actually do it. And there's, you know, very, uh, there's bounty hunters all across the galaxy. Yeah, we, we know that. Um, but there's very few that are going to be up to the task of bringing down somebody like Hunter. So when you're looking through your, your Rolodex of bounty hunters that are available for the time, it's a very small list and, and it was a very logical choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hunter, you know, so you've ga- basically you've got Rambo versus uh, Clint Eastwood, huh? <laughs> kind of, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, Sean, what what did you think of uh, the reintroduction of Cad Bane in this episode? I think it was a perfect choice. I mean, again, I'm all for a good callback. So bringing him in and continuing his character, you know, he's a a formidable opponent. Yeah. And I love a guy with a sensible hat. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Uh, yeah, so I, I I wonder how much more Cad Bane we're going to get in the back half of the season. Um, I really, you know, hope it wasn't just a one-off appearance. Uh, or, well, I, I mean, I imagine we're going to get some... Uh, we have to get some follow-up because he was able to... Uh, he has Omega. Yeah, he has Omega, so they're going to have to chase him down, so... Um, I'm, I'm excited for the Cad Bane action and I, I love how we basically got the, uh, the high noon showdown between Hunter and, and Cad Bane at the, at the very end. Um, you know, we get those classic, uh, Western tropes of the, the narrowing of the eyes and the, uh, the, the, um, the hands on the, on the weapons and the, the quick draw. So I mean, Star Wars is a Western in space, so of course, you know, we had to have that uh, that reference come up yet again. Yes, well, and right. it worked. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. It did. It it actually it absolutely worked uh, for the you know for the plot of the episode, and I'm excited to see where the rest of the show goes. Um, any any predictions? Uh, real quick, take a couple minutes and make any predictions or any wags you might have sean we'll start with you um i loved that they finally met up with crosshairs this episode and i feel like at some point we're going to get a proper showdown between him and the rest of his teammates i'm hoping you know that'd be a good season finale because you know i think this episode showed them that you know they need some new tricks because you know they spend so much time together that 
he was able to figure out almost every single one of their moves because it was his moves too. So, you know, they're going to have to adapt even more than they already have. So I think this was a good tease of things to come. So I just want to see, you know, that versus, I guess, by the end of the season, Mm -hmm. I I think, I think we're going to get it. Yeah, uh, I, I, we definitely are going to get some sort of showdown. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like what you're, you know, I, I like your thoughts that they're going to have to really think outside of the box in order to uh, take down Crosshair or, you know, at least catch him by surprise so that they can uh, remove his chip and, and get him back on the team. Uh, Damon, any any uh, predictions or wild ass guesses? Um. Too many. Um, there's just so many places where this can go. Um, I'm hoping that the uh, separation uh, between Omega and the Bad Batch doesn't go for too many um, episodes. I hope they resolve it quite quickly because I like I, I, I like that part of the show. Um, and I don't want to see them just spend the entire rest of the season chasing after Omega. Um, so I'm hoping that's not what's going to happen there. Um, but as for overall predictions, no, not at this point. I, wa- I want to kind of leave it open this kind of be surprised what's going to happen. All right. Sounds good. All right. So uh, that's going to wrap up our discussion of the first half of The Bad Batch. Thanks for joining us and and giving a listen. Uh, Make sure, of course, to uh, interact with us on our socials and and tell us what you think of the episode so far. Any predictions you might have. Uh, If you want to reach out to me directly, uh, you can find me at Just a Disney Geek on all of the socials. Uh, Damon, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Sure. Um, as mentioned before, I'm Damon Roth, the host of Chronicles of Geek on GNN. You can find uh, me on our YouTube page or also on our Facebook page. And you can look up on Facebook, uh, Damon Roth at GNN, and you can follow all the stuff that I do there. All right. And Sean, how about you? You can find me on the Book of Many Faces under Sean Brian McGuire and Instagram at SoccerFitch82. 